One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! One, two... Another game, another deficit at the break, turned around in the second half, in spite the number of chances that were created early on. It's probably not ideal to keep going behind like that, but at least Manchester City have the solutions to that problem. Still, maybe best to nip it in the bud right now. This is Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello, Sam. All right. I mean, look, when you have 22 <laughs> shots and they score out of nothing, like it's all right, in midfield, ball yeah. through, it's, it's hardly, yeah. Uh, not not many concerns last night. To be fair, I think that there was it was it was the difference between um, going in one nil down against West Ham. I was I genuinely thinking, oh, yeah, that might, was might drop points here today. Time. Yeah, whereas going in one nil down against Red Star, I was like, well, that's quite funny actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like it wasn't because at West Ham it was like okay they've had they've had a couple of chances. City have. Like gone off the boil for 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was. But yesterday they just battered them. And I was like, well, it's going to be 5-1 anyway. Obviously, it, was, it didn't get to that in the end. But it was just like, okay, well, this is football. There's nothing you can there's nothing you can do or say about this. It just happens. Like, as everyone says, like Pep said it last night in an interview, like, it's only football that can happen. He was like, if, like tennis or basketball or golf. He was like, if you if you play the best, you're going to win. Um, but that's not always the case in football. Um it was only the case for forty-five minutes, anyway. Yeah. Um, and but that was it. Like, they, like you say, it was different to West Ham. It, there was there were no kind of lessons that need to be learned, other than what take your chances, don't concede. It's the it's the most basic kind of journalism-wise, like in terms of articles to write. It's the most basic thing you could ever write. Like, like everyone knows that. Maybe everyone knows that. Maybe but early all might, over them. might take a chance at some point. <laughs> Harland is is weird, isn't it, with Harland? Um, just because uh, I suppose basically it's been happening all season hasn't it but then he'll score afterwards and he yeah. go oh well he missed a few but he scored at the end and then when he doesn't you go it does look weird um, yeah uh, it's just strange isn't it but I, I don't know like if that's kind of early season rustiness which obviously he didn't really have last year and like he's, he's got what was it after four games he had the exact same record as last yeah, year so obviously yeah. like, there's no issue but it's just strange isn't it like just the, the the header the way he hit the bar I thought well, far be it for me to say I thought it was a poor header like I thought Foden <laughs> was a poor header when it was saved yeah Foden, um, Foden, the, Foden had to direct that somewhere else didn't he just like steer one, it one way or the other and it's in well yeah. that's what I thought I thought Harlan's was kind of too I know he was 
it was technically back towards the way he was facing, but I thought it was too straight. Um, but the one in the second half, you know, when he was at the back post and the keeper kind of dived and saved it with his legs, I thought that was a good save. Like that yeah. was that was a very tight angle. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a bit a little bit unusual with Haaland, isn't it? Because sometimes it was not the goalkeeper last night. He was pulling off amazing saves, and then he just looked absolute <laughs> shit. Air shot it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, um, I was speaking to Dom Farrell afterwards in the mix zone, and he was like, it felt like a a bad goalkeeper who was having a very good game, and I thought it was a good way of putting it because not often, like, because he looked. Like really good at so many times made loads of good saves, but sometimes he just looked like genuinely incompetent. And it's like you don't even like if Edison has a bad game, it's not gonna look like he's never put on gloves before, is it? <laughs> but got, you know, there was yeah. some there was there was a couple of things he did, obviously for the second for the second city goal, it it looked like an outfielder going in goal. But what was why it was so so strange, because he must have made like at least like four or five good saves and like another I don't know, five or six like routine ones so yeah strange game in that sense but everything else was just kind of it was it was fun wasn't it like even at even when I thought it was going to be nil nil at half time I was like well this has been a good game like this hasn't been the kind of dour start to the Champions League group stage like yeah. early, often get. early Champions League group games are never great and then this one just kind of like yeah, it, it, it as one-sided games go it was uh, it, it was quite a good watch um Let's let's talk then, Sam, uh, for today's show about uh, City's attacking style this season. We're kind of looking at it through the prism of Red Star, but kind of broadening it out to how they've started the season. Yeah, um, we're in late September now. It feels like we're starting to get a bit of a picture of how City are approaching this season, especially in the absence of Kevin De Bruyne. And we've also had this email from Aaron, uh, who says, "I'm more than convinced that City are playing in an entirely and intentionally different way this season to catch teams off guard who are trying to figure out how." to play against last year's City. This isn't a facade. Pep will make the team continue to their mastery of the possession game, but now also wants the team to evolve to have some Liverpool inside of them. And you can't say that he's just evolving the tactics to suit his players because he intentionally bought these players. Let's not forget that they inquired about Eze as well. This new style of play was the plan since they lifted the Champions League trophy. Yeah, well, I think I mean that, that's right, isn't it? We've talked about... They've specifically gone after these types of players, but also, well, funnily enough, the the kind of the sign off there was since winning the Champions League. But when we've talked about them getting Bellingham, like it was decided before the Champions League final that Bellingham wasn't coming, but they tried to get him. Like, so they were so moving that looking, way already, yeah. They were moving that way already, but also they were trying to get him at a time when they might we might not have known they were winning anything at all. But it's just a kind of constant. Let's do it this way. So I mean, maybe the the origins of this was Guardiola thinking we need to move on. Um, like what they were trying last season, maybe he's thinking, okay, well this is this is fine, but you know the the using everyone to slow the game down might not be the way forward. Let's let's do some let's do something else. But look, I I, I don't know the exact whys, but it, it's obvious that with that transfer policy in mind, we know that it does go back to before the trophies were handed out. Um, and yeah, absolutely, I, I think. So like last year, it wasn't like the penny drop because obviously you could tell it was different. But like I mentioned that Chelsea game in January when Pep was like, oh yeah, because of Haaland coming, we've had to change how we play. And it's like, oh yeah. Um, and then from there, it's like, okay, so this is what they're doing. This is this is how it's different. And then all the ideas kind of started developing. But it felt like the penny drop for a lot of people last night. You know, um, this email 
that we've had, and the, I also got the same the same DM. Um, we spoke to Carl Walker in the mix zone. I'd already written it in my article. You know, this is like a kind of, they're, they're playing in a different way. I was gonna, I was about to ask. You know, when you kind of shout over each other in the mix zone, and but you just defer to somebody else and let them go. Like me and Jack Gorn at the mail, we were, both went to ask Walker at the same time. You know, you're playing different type of football this year, and it's just obvious. It, it's just so identifiably different. And yeah, I think yeah, I don't know why it. it because it has been obvious. We've talked about it. We've talked about the different threats. We've talked about the ball carriers. We've talked about Doku or Doku. I'm going to go with Doku, I think. Everyone seems to be saying Doku. I don't want to be the odd one out. Um, and it just seems that last night was the kind of tipping point where it was like, yeah, this is this is just how it's going to be now. But just going back there to another point, saying, you know, this is intentional with the transfer policy. I mean, it was. But it's almost like their hand's been forced as well with like, all of the players who would have fit in more last season, should we say, and like obviously Gundogan leaving. But, you know, they'd, they'd have kept, well, Pep would have kept Gundogan if it had his way. Kovacic, when I, when we talked about Foden last week and I was I was reading out the, the stuff I'd been sent, I was talking about him defensively and it was like, he needs to be more like Bernardo, he needs to be more like Kovacic. Well, Bernardo's been out, Bernardo's out again. Kovacic is now out. Grealish is out. Um, obviously, Mahrez is gone. All of these people that would have or could have like slowed the game down like last season, they're out as well. So it's almost mm. like it's just been fully accelerated. Um, and it goes back to that Newcastle game where even if Pep wasn't necessarily ready or planning, and maybe he was, but if he wasn't necessarily ready or planning to let this roll out now, this kind of right, we're just going to use Foden and Alvarez and we're going to have Doku as well. And it's going to be obviously Haaland and we're just going to fly forwards. It's going to be more dynamic and... Even if he wasn't ready for that, he found a way to make it work in that Newcastle game and he's kept finding ways to make it work. And yeah, it is interesting to think now, like, is this it now? Is this just going to stick? Um, or is it just because they've got so many options? So when Stones is back, when Grealish is back, they can tighten it up, you know. Maybe they're back when they've got this run of fixtures, when they're starting playing, you know, they've got Champions League games, they've got Liverpool, they've got United, that kind of stuff. Maybe then they revert to that and you've got the option to, to change it up, but... So far, it just it does seem like they really have kind of caught everyone off guard. Like if again, the, the email said again, Aaron said in the email, like teams are trying, like they're trying to play City how they were last year. I, I just feel like they don't really know what to expect. Yeah, it's like it's it's not even like oh we were going to wait for for Stones and look they can they can analyze City's games this season, but I just think there's just so many different ways they can do it. And like last night, for example. It's not just a case of um, oh, it's going to be Alvarez and Foden, but like the movements that they do. So, the one of the keys to it last night was so they only played a back four, Red Star, and also their their holding midfielders were like following Foden and Alvarez, so they could just pull out wide, and then Rodri is just happy now just to run through the middle, barrel yeah. through the middle, and like, but you'll get other teams that will play five at the back and three in front, and they won't. They won't follow them. Like if you think about the one of the issues that Wanmar said that they had against Sheffield United was the inside players who were on the day Bernardo and Alvarez. He said they had to come out to get the ball and then go back in because I can't exactly remember, but I'm putting two and two together from that. Sheffield United didn't follow them out. They were just like, "Well, we're protecting this middle. We're protecting this middle. You can't get the ball in here. You can't get the ball to Haaland either." 
we're protecting this, so you need to go and do something else. And obviously they change things in the second half. They're more adventurous. They push Kovacic forward. But like they've just got loads of different ways of doing it within this broader frame of ball-carrying dynamism. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hesitant. I know I've talked for ages here, but it's all kind of flows, I think. I'm hesitant to say they're more dynamic. That is the easiest way, I think, to, to sum up how they are. But you couldn't look at the games, particularly from March onwards, and even, you know, the, the derby in October or whatever it was. You couldn't look at those games and say they weren't dynamic. You couldn't look at how Gundogan played and say he wasn't dynamic. You couldn't look at... It's a different dynamism, City's though, isn't it? Yeah. But it is, yeah. It, it, but it is, like, I'm, I'm just trying to find the right way, the, the right kind of soundbite to sum up what they are doing differently. Dynamism sounds... It's like using the word pragmatic. Last season, you could say, oh, they were more pragmatic, but Pep would say that's bollocks because he's always been pragmatic. Yeah, he's always wanted just to keep ways. the ball out of the yeah. net and he just keeps it. But when they when they look a bit more defensive and slow, it's easier to say he's pragmatic because it looks more like defensive football, 10 men you know, behind the ball, that kind of thing. But it's not the right word. But everyone knows what you mean when you say it. So when I say dynamism, I'll use that maybe for today and then hopefully during the course of the episode we'll, we'll come up with something else. But that is that is how they are now. It's... It's kind of, again, you want to say free-flowing, but it wasn't not free-flowing last season, was it? Like, certainly the last couple of months. But that's, it's what it is now. It's just carrying the ball. It's attackers. It's powers are out the window. and they're all, It's not that they're sacrificing control of matches. They're never going to do that. They're never going to gamble. They're never just going to, you know, put the ball forward and, well, I mean, they do put the ball forward and see what, see what happens, don't they? That's where the FA Cup final goal came from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not, it's, you know, it's done in a, it's, it's not speculative. They do it almost like, Brentford, you know, Brentford play a lot of long balls, but it's at the right time. It's not just getting up there and see what happens. It is like planned and they know they're good for the second ball, so they can do it. And all of these different weapons they've got. That's an interesting thing, though, because like the thing that strikes me about um, Doku is and we'll we'll kind of we'll kind of meander back to this point a bit later on. Um but the thing that strikes me about him is that he puts in a lot of crosses. He puts in a lot more crosses than I'm used to City players doing. And yeah. Uh, crosses always like I, I used to I used to have this thing with uh, Mancini City where I always think crosses are the sort of balls that managers don't like when you like possession of the football because that it, it's suddenly it's turning a pass into a percentage ball you've got to go and, and kind of win the ball as soon as you put it in the air and yeah. so like it feels instinctively like like getting to the byline and, and sticking a ball in the air into the middle is not the sort of thing that Guardiola wants and yet at the same time like Doku must be under instruction to be doing this because of the amount of times he does it and the amount of the amount of pressure it puts the opposition under. Uh, yeah, and I guess when you've got um, Alvarez and Haaland in the box in particular, and Foden, it makes sense because you've got people in there who know where to make those runs. You know, they're they the two strikers in particular. They're killers in the box. It's funny with Foden, isn't it? Like. We've been saying, you know, going back to that turn in the Champions League final and the shot and some of the ones in pre-season um, and in early in the season, he kind of gets in the box. And I found myself saying it last night with that header that we've already mentioned. Like he needs he needs to be better in the box. But the, the whole mad thing about that is, you know, when when you ask him or Pep about why he's been playing on the wing, because he's got this sense of goal. And obviously there's the whole other element of Pep doesn't think he's quite ready to play in midfield defensively. But obviously he can in the more advanced areas, the kind of De Bruyne area, the areas he's doing now, basically. Yeah. But it's funny. It's funny you think, oh, he needs to improve his finishing. But that was always the thing. You know, he was scoring goals, wasn't he, when he came through on the wing? Um, it's it's just an interesting little little quirk that. But yeah, if you're putting the ball in the box, and if you're taking men out of the equation and putting the ball in the box, and you've got Alvarez and Haaland in particular, Foden as well, and then 
if you know City have advanced up the pitch and Rodri's on the edge of the box, um, and Kovacic, let's say Nunes, is on is there. You know, if Bernardo's on the right wing, he'll be on the back. You know, there's enough. They attack the bodies with around. Yeah, yeah. To 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 make that all right, but particularly I think with with Haaland and and Alvarez, and just think about it from a defender's point of view. Like normally, if you're thinking, okay, well, we've got two, maybe three men here to deal with Haaland. Like, and you got if you've got Alvarez doing it as well, there's just not enough. You can drown them out with bodies, but in, just in terms of the kind of the effort required and the thought required to um, to keep an eye on those two, yes. coupled it with in the fact that if we're talking about Doku putting the ball in the box, he's probably he's probably the best cross of the ball that I've two, seen in a long time. Yeah, I mean, you know? he's, probably, he's, he's probably committed two, possibly three men either directly towards him, or you know, maybe two have gone and yeah, and one's gone towards as well. So there's there's men being moved all over the place here. So yeah. Um, those those crosses I can I can see it, but you, you never know. Maybe this it's maybe it's just early enthusiasm from him because again when we spoke to Walker about Doku and I think when maybe it was just Walker in the past, well maybe it was somebody else. But whenever you speak about Doku to a City player or Pep, seemingly they always say like he's amazing because like, you can tell. Um, but they they always like, but you know there's things he needs to learn and may, maybe that is one of them. Maybe he's doing it a bit too much. But I mean to be fair, his decision making seems really good. After a short ad break, we'll hear from Kyle Walker on City's new style of play and we'll get Pep's thoughts on Julian Alvarez. See you shortly. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. In the mix zone afterwards, Kyle Walker was asked how the team was playing differently this year and how Guardiola had come up with a new way of attacking. This is what he said. I think that's Pep being Pep. I think teams work us out, teams find a strategy and how they feel that we're going to play or you know how they feel that they're going to defend against us but when we can build up in different ways I think that puts another you know tool in our toolbox where we can change it mid-game and you know it seems to be working for us I think at the start of the the game against West Ham we've played with me wide and then all of a sudden he's, he's pulled us inside and said me and Josco go in the middle you know and I feel that today you know as soon as a lot of players can play in you know, in the middle and out wide. I think last year there was probably only John that could really do it. But, um, you know, he's put that pressure on Manu at the start of the season. You know, he's doing it on me and Josco now. So he's not relying on just on solely, which I feel that we did last year on John, coming in to make that overload in the midfield. He's, he's letting, you know, all of us do it. Is that the important thing for a team that's been so successful? Because there's been loads of successful teams over the years that seem to have gone a bit stale because teams have worked them out. Is that, do you think that's the, the key, has been the key ingredient over the last... I think, I think it's the manager as well. He's got the key ingredient. He knows when's right to let certain players go, bring players in, freshen things up here, give people challenges here and there. Um, he, he's got a fine balance in how to do it and it seems to work, you know, not just here, but in you know the number of teams that he has yeah. been at because he's been very successful. successful. So probably the wrong person to ask. I just follow orders and you know listen to him and hopefully that gets us over the line. I, I, you know, when I was listening to that, Sam, the thought that crossed my mind was: if you're an opposition manager, even if you're like, if if, if you're a, a kind of lower end Premier League side, and you're coming to the Etihad, Nottingham Forest this weekend, you're Steve Cooper, 
and you're kind of going, I don't know how they're going to attack us, so I don't know how we can set up to to stop this. But like ultimately, Forest, their game plan isn't going to change that much. They're gonna they're gonna, they're not going to have a lot of the ball. They're going to have to sit in deep and they're going to have to protect the goal for as much as they can. However, City choose to attack. But if you're Liverpool, if you're Arsenal, if you're if you're a team that is that has ambitions of doing more than just surviving in the game, then. Like it's a good weapon for City to have. Again, that knowledge of or that that kind of ignorance of how they're going to attack. If you if you're uh, Mikel Arteta or if you're Jurgen Klopp coming to the Etihad, then you 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 know that all the things that you you have to prep four or five six different things because City just you don't know which way they're going to try and do it. Yeah, but also Arsenal and Liverpool in particular will try and cause City problems as well, and that will cause Pep to to do to change things. things. Yeah. Yeah, like even, but you know, the, that, those kind of battles they start before the game, don't they? And it and it impacts how City start, and then there's always adjustments and that kind of thing. I mean, yeah, look, I'm I'm not going to say that like City aren't an amazing team because um, obviously they are, um, and look, we've had this debate already about whether they're stronger or weaker after the summer business and all this kind of thing. But like, they still look very strong. They still look in a different way. They've still got all those players to come back and they can either go back to what they were doing last season, they can either kind of upgrade what they were doing this season. They're, they're still very strong. but And yeah, it is. Um, it does keep managers on their toes. But I think it's just more the options. Um, and look, the, without having these options that we've seen like last night and, and this season, they won the triple. Um but now with them as well, you've got that too. But yeah, I mean, when it comes to when we're talking about Arsenal, Liverpool, like, look, you'd still back City to come out on top against those teams. Um, but let's let's not say they haven't got ways that they can try and um, catch out City as well. Um, I mean, look, City always you'd always back City to have the answers, and they did against Arsenal last year. You know, in the game at the Emirates, Arsenal were were really good and they had more of the ball and I think more more chances, particularly in the first half, but, you know, City were, were clinical and that was kind of the story of the, the treble in the end. Um, but we know over the years that Liverpool have um, always got good results against City or nearly always got good results against City. But City have been the better team. And I think Klopp even said, we've had times when we've when they've played the better football, but we, Liverpool, have, have won anyway. So, yeah, I mean, they're a nightmare to play against City. But when it comes to those teams, there, there are plenty of... There are plenty of things that City have to think about as well, and that Guardiola will obviously think about with his team. But again, you just you do think he'll just come up with the answer because he yeah. just always does, doesn't he? I've uh, I've also um, thinking back to uh, the podcast after West Ham. Um, I've also mellowed a bit on that first half performance. I wasn't I I wasn't that taken by the first half performance at, at West Ham because of it felt like like City were a lot more out of control of the game. Um, but kind of, I, I don't know if it's in the context of having seen what they did against Red Star and kind of how the first half was again very similar in that that City were it, it, coming back round to that kind of more dynamic idea, but maybe dynamism isn't the right word. Um, and I, I'm just kind of I, I'm wondering if this is kind of City's move into the new way of controlling games, and it may be that it feels like the opposition have more of a foothold, and they don't actually. You know, you know what I mean? It's like a bit of an optical illusion. Maybe it looks like they're a bit more, they're a bit more active in in getting forward, but but in terms I mean, of they probably they probably are. Um, but then I guess I mean maybe the element of that is they they do make more inroads, but you're just relying on you know Diaz and and the others to stop them, Be which really is a good, good yeah a kind of trait of the 
the treble season because it wasn't all that there was no counterattacks. It was often that they were they were just they were stopped as they were well before they got to the box or at least Edison. If we think about the Bayern Munich games, um, Edison made the saves. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm not sure. I feel like if if it looks like other teams are having more chances, it's probably because they are. Yeah. If it looks like there's less <laughs> controlling games, it's probably because there is less. Um, and I think that's that is it probably inevitable but again it's interesting because funnily enough so I said Jack asked Jack got there and asked the question to Walker about playing a different way and now he probably asked it in a cleverer way where whereas that was left to Walker's interpretation if I'd have done it I'd have talked about again I probably couldn't have avoided using the word dynamism and I would have talked attacking wise but obviously the way he just said different it was just left to Walker's own interpretation and he obviously talked about building up and obviously that affects him more because he's part of that, yeah. He's a, he's a defender, and he's part. Of, obviously, look, when he plays on the wing, he's part of the attack as well. But obviously, you could you could just tell that that was forefront of his mind. And we talked about him and Guardiola going into midfield alongside Rodri at West Ham. But that's funny enough because they did that at West Ham in the first game last season, didn't they? Um, yeah, him but and again, Cassell, yeah, um, yeah. But it, it's yes, obviously not Guardiola. But um, again, he's saying they probably relied a bit too much on Stones for that role, and you think. You think about it; they probably did, but I never, I never really had that thought. Um, and look, there, there's obviously ways, there's obviously ways around it. And to be fair, like we've talked about, Akanji going in, and he, he's, I, I don't know if he's ever going to get there, but at the moment, it's just not as smooth as, as Stones doing it. And obviously, there's times where like Rico Lewis has done it, but there's probably a ceiling at the moment for the type of games when he does that. Um, but they have managed to. Establish control over most games without stones, without sometimes even sending in a defender to do that. And they've done it again without Gundogan, without Mahrez, and they've done it with Foden and Alvarez, with Haaland and Doku as well. And That's a change of shape, though, isn't it? Is it? Been, like, there has been a yeah, change of shape is, this yeah. season, yeah. Yeah, well, I, it, well it, it depends because, you know... Obviously, a West Ham second half, you've got the two fullbacks going inside with, with Rodri. Then, yeah, that's that's obviously different to just Stones going in. Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, you get if you start Kovacic in midfield, he's just that double pivot with Rodri and he stays further back and you've got more of a platform further forward. If you're borrowing the right back to add the width, then you can have another two midfielders in there in, let's say, Bernardo and Alvarez at Sheffield United, for example, or Foden when he does it. Um and and that, that's how they they can move it around. So yeah, it, it does just go back to options. But yeah, like in in terms of one individual, have they got somebody to do that role as well as Stones did? No. But um, they sorry, my, my my mind went down a different track, and I'll come back to it in a second. But they just find different ways to do it, and it's like this. I can't remember which game it was exactly. Maybe. I think it was, was it West Ham? I don't know, but there was a game at the weekend. You just think, well, who, who are they going to get to go into midfield then? He just said, well, I'll just, I'll just won't do it. Like, I would, would just do something else. And the track my mind went down at the weekend was um, Brighton at United. And Estupinian didn't play. Um, and he's, But he's, he got such a kind of defined pivotal role for them because he, he's the left back, but he attacks through the middle. And it's kind of, it's almost like, I know this isn't as simple as this, but the way you know they press and they bait people to jump and they pass it around them, it's almost like it's a trap just to get him to run up through the middle and they release him. But he didn't play at Old Trafford, and Deserby just went, "Oh, we'll just do something else then." Like he didn't go, "Okay, Tariq Lamptey, you do that." It was, "Well, Tariq Lamptey, you stay wide and we'll do something else." And, and again, that's why I'm convinced that he's going to replace Pep. Like it's just it's happening. Like as far as I'm concerned, it is happening, and it's just like. 
just little things like that. But to go back to Pep, it doesn't. You don't. You don't have to shoehorn somebody into a role if it doesn't work. You can just find just a million find different role. ways of doing it, and that's why you know that is why he's the best, and that's why people who say he's a checkbook manager, it's like moronic because it's like, well, do you watch enough games? Do you do you have like a football understanding to appreciate all these changes? I was speaking to. I was speaking to a coach recently who's done some work in Germany and he was like, obviously, if you were to do a straw poll of like football people, fans, Twitter people, whatever, of how Pep's time in Germany went, it's the classic, oh, well, you know, they didn't win the Champions League, did they? So it was a failure and all that. I don't know, kind of, Pep's talked about that a lot himself and maybe he's kind of blown up a lot himself. But the guy I was speaking to was saying, all the coaches, they were like, that that is the best team that German football has ever seen. That is the best German football team you'll ever see. Pep's buying and that's 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 the level really it's just because there's just so many different tools that he's got and yeah if, if somebody doesn't work like like I say it's difficult to say signing Haaland was a challenge because I wrote an article last night saying maybe their lack of depth is an issue is one of the issues you know basically in the context of are they going to win the Champions League again? Quite, poss- quite possibly or probably yeah like who is actually going to stop them? But then you think well Pep's already said the Newcastle game in the Carabao might be a write-off because of the injuries. But then if that happens in April, then pfft, you're struggling, aren't you? If you've, got a, if you've got an FA Cup semi-final against one of the big teams and you've got a, a Champions League game, but never mind Real Madrid, but if you've got like another Atletico or something like that and you've got injuries like that, then it's going to get difficult. And you're and in a tight title race What well, you're yeah. talking about, lack of depth. They spent a billion quid, like Brighton had a team at the weekend that cost 17 million. But it's different. It's, I mean, yeah, they, they've spent more money than Brighton. It doesn't mean they've got more options. Um but they they'll always find this way of doing it, and yeah. But that kind of that what I'm, what I'm, what got me into that is the kickback of me saying, well, Pep had to adjust to Haaland. People would say, "What the fuck are you talking about, mate? Like, you got the best striker in the world, and you're already creating the most chances." Yeah, just put him in the team. But it's fine. It is a challenge. It's like, okay, we've got no striker. Fine, win the league. We we now we now we've got a striker. Okay, we'll change. Win the treble. Uh, now now okay now we're going to play with two strikers. It's just always a constant. Adaptation. It doesn't have to be okay. Well, who's going to play false nine today? Or it just won't. You know, those two false nine seasons. It wasn't always the false nine. It was by and large, but like that game against Liverpool, um, the two-two. But when they played Jesus, Sterling, and Foden as a front three and just play, playing it long and playing for like second balls and stretching them in behind and stuff. Like, there's so many talking about the games before kickoff. You know, Pep turning up against Liverpool, going well. They'll never think of this. It, that's 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 why he's the best, and we're we're going back to seeing that now. Like somebody mentioned, was it on? Somebody mentioned. I can't remember. I can't remember if it was in the email. I can't remember if it was in the DMs. But I've had a couple of conversations like this, and it was like Gundogan said they never played the same way two years in a row. I don't remember him saying that, but um, they, yeah, they haven't even waited. They haven't even waited two years really, because last year was different, and now they've they've gone different again. Yeah. Um, well, that's uh, you. You mentioned, and it's, um, and it's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned two strikers there, um, and Alvarez has played uh, a, a lot this season. Uh, in his post-match press conference, Guardiola was asked specifically about fitting Alvarez into the team this season compared to last. His answer explained a little more about a difference in shape and how the team are attacking this season as well. Uh, here's what he said. We need players to be close to Erling. Don't put all the responsibility just in the shoulders where Erling has scored a goal of balls, and that's why... When Phil played there, when 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 Julian played there, I had the feeling that created a lot, a lot of chances. Just now we are missing, and the keeper was accepted. Maybe the second goal, the second goal was fantastic. He could have saved us. He had the feeling that the, the game we have started scored than the chances we had in the first five, ten minutes, one or two goals. The game would completely different. But 
at the end go in the half time with 0-1 after we have done that is nice that maybe we need it you know after win the travel we need this type of challenge to prove ourselves we were able to make a comeback what happened on West Ham and this situation is nice to prove it and both both games they perform incredible in middle second half against West Ham in middle second half here we make a goal and we did a comeback things to improve but in general is is really really good now it was after the West Ham game wasn't it where we were talking about um getting players closer to Haaland um, specifically and he, he kind of drip fed it in again there um, and whether by design or whether he would have done it anyway or whether it was by circumstance of De Bruyne's injury and his hand has been played this way he has found a setup that gets Foden and Alvarez a lot closer to Haaland mm. um, and that's basically changed how City sacrificing the control yeah it? exactly that and it's like I, I liked your phrase a bit earlier on um, about uh, borrowing Walker to provide the width and it is that case it's it's almost like having 12 players on the pitch because you are just borrowing somebody from another position when you attack to to kind of do this so that you can stick some more players elsewhere um mm. and like it, it really has kind of it's changed how city attack getting those two especially closer to Haaland, doesn't it it has i'm just thinking now when it comes to going into the transfer market again and it's funny because i guess the answer here is jao cancelo but do you look for a right-back that can make an extra contribution in the final third? Because it's like, Stone's obviously unbelievable. We did a whole episode on him last week. Um, and unbelievable at doing that particular role. But in terms of the ball carrying, you know, he was probably one of the only City players who would carry the ball up the pitch. And we saw that particularly in the Champions League final with that stat where it was like, you know, nobody's done this since Messi in whatever, 2015 or whatever it was. But in terms of when he gets to the final third... He, he, you know, he doesn't have the the kind of through ball in his locker. He doesn't have that creativity that a more forward thinking player would have. But you get that because you know he's a defender, and that's absolutely fine. But now, when you add in Kovacic and Nunes, you think, okay, well, they do have a bit more of that pass, and that's the evolution there. And you just think with Walker, because there was there was a thread um, by the American Citizen on Twitter um, earlier this week about the West Ham game, and he was saying part of the reason he thinks that they moved Walker back in the West Ham game was just to get um, more creativity in the final third because basically City couldn't, they couldn't really, Walker was there providing width but like not a lot else um, and it was it was all funneled towards Doku and West Ham could basically afford to ignore Walker and focus everybody down the middle but then when they changed it and it was more of an attacking threat out wide they had to commit more men to look after whether it was Foden or Bernardo on City's right and then that opened up space in the middle for Alvarez um, and so you think maybe in this evolution Walker doesn't give you an awful lot going forward and maybe you know that's why it's not going to work every time and maybe sometimes in games you see um, it needs to be changed like we saw at the weekend but again it is, an, it is another really good option that works for now but I was just thinking I wonder how that would work in future and also I thought so when Gomez went off yesterday I was like okay well I guess this is maybe tactical and because I had that thread in mind about, you know, walking off in an awful lot in the final third. And obviously Gomez, in principle, or in theory, does, doesn't he? Because he is an attacker. Yeah, he's an attacker turned um, defender, yeah. But then I was like, oh, well, I, was, I presume he's coming off for tactical reasons then because you can put Doku on the left and you can make Foden go on the right and then you've got a big threat on either side, more so than they had in the first half. But then they just put Walker up there on the right anyway. So you, you can see that there is still, you know, a time and a place for it. But yeah, I know it wasn't the question you asked either, but I do just wonder in the future, like what what does the next fullback look like? Um, 
But then you get into the issue, you know, if it were Cancelo, you go back to the issue of you don't have the proper defenders that obviously helped them win the treble last year. Yeah. You do have the final third presence, but you don't have the defender. And it's like, where's that balance? And like, who is the next, who is the next kind of perfect right back that can do both? I suppose it's Reese James, but he's just fucked, isn't he? Injury wise. Yeah. But I've always thought Reese James is the right balance between like Alexander Arnold, who's great at going forward, but not particularly defensively, and Walker, who's obviously great defensively, fine going forward. Um, but not next level. I've always thought Reese James was in the middle. But I it, just wonder who the ne- who the next perfect one would be. Like Guardiola. By the way, Guardiola. They they love him beyond the scenes. They love him. They think he's fucking brilliant. Well, I'm just thinking. Is it too early and too um, too blinkered maybe to suggest that this is a role that Rico Lewis could do? Good shout. I think it's a good shout. Very kind of very very city fan. This is like this is our youth youth product, and he's brilliant. Yeah, he can no, do everything. It is. Well, it's but, not just a city like, fan thing. Everyone wants their own youth yeah. players to do it. I would play the youth, but but like he's really seen, good. He's really he's really good. Guardiola's trust. He's really good. He plays in midfield. He plays further forward. Um, again, Guardiola's. I think he was asked about him, the possibility of him playing as like a number eight. Something. In fact, I don't know that was considered during the summer. You know, if the transfer window went properly, belly up, then they would. Um, consider using him as an attacking midfielder um, so yeah I mean yeah, it's, it's certainly a potential option I wouldn't I, 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 I couldn't be arrogant enough to say no forget that no chance um, it, it makes sense it's just like very early in his career that's the, yeah. the next generation of players who can kind of do a bit of everything And I mean why, why would you look anywhere else than, than City because they're, they're pretty good at bringing them through that is it for the free version of Let Me Talk uh, Sam members get a little bit more don't they what's, uh, what's on the agenda this week yeah we're looking at Doku's performance and you know how he can fit into this team even better and thrive in the future uh, we've got Guardiola talking about Rodri and even his new style of playing uh, and we've also got a bit of extra chat about the leadership group the captaincy and in real time I kind of discover how it's actually going to work this season that's all for members those ad free episodes are longer and they're out earlier you can find out more on lmtpod.com if you want to send us an email it's hello at lmtpod.com we're also on Twitter Instagram and TikTok so just search for lmtpod on there thank you very much for listening we will see you next time Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.